on. And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bashing us, fuck him. <laughs>
this is what's deteriorating their mental health. This is one of the aspects. There's numerous contrib contributing factors that deteriorate their mental health. And unfortunately, we have this epidemic of suicides in the NYPD. And I always talk about the internal pressures of the NYPD. And one of the mitigating factors that I felt was contributing to my mental health deteriorating towards the end of the tenure of my career due to the mounting charges that I had received from an overzealous civilian complaint review board was the fact that I had to sit quiet, stay idle. And at the time when I was in conversation with the union and the job, because simultaneously I'm getting awarded from the job for heroic acts. And listen, I'm not looking for any kudos. It's just the point. I'm getting awarded for heroic acts, Lieutenant of the Year, Leaders of the Finest, all kinds of awards for the community, a proclamation from the borough president. And simultaneously at the same time, my career, my career was taken a, a downward spiral as I was attacked and targeted by an overzealous civilian complaint review board. And the job, with all this being said, was pat me on the back and tell me the amazing job that I'm doing, that I'm leading and mentoring my people. And, and like I said, I feel I had the best men and women on the job. And we were just experts at getting illegal firearms off the street. But at the same token, no one stood in my defense as the Civilian Complaint Review Board tear down my entire career. And I saw that anyone easily, if they wanted to do intrusive police work and they had the care to be out there in the community ripping these illegal firearms, that they would end up being me. And all I had asked for was to have an opportunity to speak out on my behalf, which I felt would be the behalf of the cops in all ranks that were faced with this opposition. And all I was told by the unions and the job was, don't worry, you're going to have a nice pension, you'll have money in your pocket, it'll all go away. Just let it go away. And I said, I don't want it to go away. I want to stand up. I want to be the catalyst for change against the Civilian Complaint Review Board, New York City Council, and I wanted to fight this new disciplinary matrix, which I felt was weaponized, and it's a doctrine that could ultimately change the trajectory of your career, unlike the masses that we've never seen before. And so one day, and this is a great story, I'll never forget, I was talking to another lieutenant. He was in the same position as you. He was fighting. He was combating, receiving the vaccine. He said, no way I'm taking it. And he said, hey, you got to see this guy, Johnny Mac. He's all over social media. He's standing up. He's on an island by himself, and he's fighting his vaccine. I said, I got to check out who this guy is. At the time, I already took the vaccine, as I told you. But just the idea that someone would stand up for moral principle excited completely excited me because that's what I wanted to do. And when I saw it was you, I, I couldn't be, have been more excited and proud because I knew you. We worked together as rookies. And I made sure I said I contacted you. I said, John, I said, John, listen, I'm on my way out. When I retire, we need to talk. I got to get this message out there. I want to help these cops. And immediately you gave me the platform. You provided an interview for me. And the interview, I feel, was not for me. It was for everyone else, for the benefit of the cops because I want to help. And it went viral. And that's where you and I came up with the idea of analyzing police events. Now this has become a mixed bag. And we're hitting different angles. And that's that's exactly what we want to do. We want to help. And unfortunately, we've been met with opposition from the PBA. Because their perception. All the all unions. All the yes, police. 100%. And their perception, their perception is that we are attacking the unions. I don't harbor any anger issues. But what I do harbor is that. It could have been handled much differently. They are benevolent associations. Benevolent associations 
are supposed to be charitable organizations that want to help. But it was apparently that they were willing to let me get buried to make sure that everything was hunky-dory and everything flowed as well. I wanted someone to stand in and fight with me. I was willing to take this fight to the end. We need to speak on the cops' behalf. The cops cannot speak for themselves while on the, they're on the job. So now that I am retired and John's retired, we join forces together and we have an opportunity to speak from outside for what's going on within. And that's what we expect from our unions, to fight harder. John and I haven't spent a penny other than getting StreamYard so that we can actually do this podcast. We haven't spent a penny as far as money. But what we have spent is time, motivation, and dedication. We are giving you time. We take the time away from our families. We research and we do studying, critical analysis all day because we want to help the cops. We want to help the families of law enforcement. And that's what we expect of the unions, to fight as hard as we are. And it doesn't take funding. It takes heart. And that's our message. And that's our agenda. Absolutely. And just for everyone to know, you know, Eric could have walked away from his career with a ton of money. He could have stayed 10 more years. He could have been in, in uh, Intel or wherever he wanted to and walked away with a ginormous pension, right? I don't even get paid right now. I don't get zero dollars from New York City. I don't have any money. I'm not taking, we're not taking any money from political candidates who's running for PBA president. We really don't give a fuck because the bottom line is this. Nobody's going <laughs> to control what we say. So we're not taking money from nobody because when it's time for you to get fucking bashed or we got something to say, we're going to fucking say it. So that's number one. You know, so to sit there and say we have an agenda when you got guys <laughs> fucking salaries that are multimillionaires that are in the same job as you that came from the same socioeconomic background as you telling people that me and Eric got an agenda. We do have an agenda. We want fucking transparency. We want the public to know what the fuck is going on in the New York City Police Department, how the politics is hurting the city, how, how, why crime is up in New York City, why there's an exodus. We're not going on the news. Believe me, I could have already had a fucking job with a major media company. I could have already had a job. All I had to do was go on during the exodus and say, oh, yeah, it was because of pay and because people don't say hi to cops. I could have did all that. You know, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the fucking the police, the police supporters who all fucking lie, never made mention to the vaccine mandate. But I wouldn't do that. I said, go get somebody else. Go get one of those soft body, spineless men. It's not going to be me to put my fucking name on that and not mention the fucking vaccine mandate as the number one reason of the police exodus. Is it still? Yeah, it is. That is what cost almost 5,000 people to walk away from the New York City Police Department. People Now they, they lift it and they still don't let these guys back. You know, and there's, there's, there's guys that want to come back to the police department. I, I talk to guys every day that ask me, how can I come back? How can I get back to the New York City Police Department? They won't let me. I've bested out and I've been trying to get back and I can't get back for a year. What could I do? And no one knows that. They're like, oh, the mandates are over. It's all bullshit. But people have no outlet. Eric had no outlet. Right. Eric had, couldn't tell his story. Nobody wanted to hear from Eric. He's the most complained about cop. He's a brutalizer. He's the blonde hair, blue eyed devil. And he's out here brutalizing the black community when it comes <laughs> furthest from the truth. Right. So I wanted to, you know, he wanted to say he was brave enough to say his message. And this is what this platform's provided, you know. So for people to sit there and say that we have an agenda. And again, I just want to back up. 
We did an episode. We had Marianne Pizzatola on. She's had a New York City retirees organization. She came on. She gave her perspective about the DC 37. Oh, I'm sorry. About the MLC, the 2018 MLC agreement. Right. They basically confirmed what she said when they sent out an email. But they didn't tell you about that. Right. They sent down the contract and they said there are no givebacks and never made mention to the MLC agreement. The only time they made mention to it is after I tweeted about it when they called me uh, how this podcast opened, that I'm a fucking asshole lieutenant because I was calling them out on their bullshit. And by all means, if you think you miraculously got a contract right before a PBA election, you're fucking stupider than I think you are. A hundred percent. Like you're a fucking idiot. Like, cause there's, I, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that shit. They had those numbers again, that this is the pattern. It's probably actually less than the pattern. Cause there is a give back. You're signing on to the MLC deal, but I didn't tell you how to vote. I just said how I would vote. Eric didn't tell you how to vote. He just said how he would vote. Marianne didn't tell you how to vote. She just said how you would vote. Right. Yeah. I'm not making no money. Eric's not making no money. Our agenda is transparency. Obviously, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to be real transparent. PBA attacked us with the Corey Grable interview. You think that that was warranted, Eric? We had Corey Grable on this show to give his platform to the thing. Did we Did we have an open invite to Pat Lynch? Absolutely not. Was it not warranted? First of all, we should want professionalism and respect from our candidates, especially from Pat Lynch, who was the leader. Who's the leader of the largest PBA the large benevolent association, he should actually expect his candidate to have an opportunity to present his ideas or her ideas about what is their plan as a union president. And then he should, he or she should take that opportunity. Pat Lynch should have had the opportunity to sit down with us and say, listen, I agree with some of the things he's saying, or I don't agree. And here's my stance. Here's where we're headed to. I'm actually preparing to step down. I don't believe in coincidences. I've said that numerous times on the podcast. And something I always felt about. And I, again, there's no coincidence that for almost six years, the cops did not have a contract. And then at this point, they get a contract. And then Pat Lynch and the vice president, John Puglisi, are out the door with their escape route. There's no coincidence. And what I want from the cops, and this is what I've always wanted, particularly with my special ops, special ops cops, I used to part of their training, I would do briefings and i would actually do training in reference to the patrol guide so that when my cops are interviewed for a geo for the cops you know what a geo is for my non-law enforcement officers geo stands for general order that's when you sit down it's an investigation you have a tape recorder and you're questioning your question and you're interrogated about the work you've done it could be internally within the department from inspections internal affairs it could be from the civilian review board and I would actually educate my cops. It would actually go over what's their rights. I would teach them how to listen to these questions. I would teach them poise, how to respond to these questions, and so that they could present and a reflective response because these guys are extremely professional, but they could do it in a manner that keeps them safe and safe from civilian complaint review board and from these this politically charged legislative body that we're faced at the point. So that's what I wanted for my cops. So now that I'm in retirement and I have an opportunity to speak out what I expect from the cops, we do not want you to be feeble-minded. We want you to look at the whole ball of wax. What Pat Lynch 
should want from you is that you have an opportunity to listen to Corey Grable. You have an opportunity to listen to him. Or now that it's not going to be Pat Lynch as he steps down, he should want you to listen to Pat Hendry, who, in my opinion, he's endorsing at this time. He should want you to listen to what his platform is and Corey Grable's and to say, hey, listen, here are the opponents. Here's their platforms. You make your assessment. That's what a good leader should do. That's what we should expect from the Benevolent Association leader. But they're trying to sway you in, in a certain direction. And that's where I want you open-minded. And I want you to start thinking and reading between the lines and asking yourself, how do we get to this point? How do we get to the, this point that miraculously we have a contract? And with the contract, Pat Lynch and John Puglisi are out the door. This is a time that you should be asking questions. We are not endorsing anyone. We are not telling you to vote for Corey Grable. We are not telling you to vote for Pat Hendry. What we are endorsing is the issues. You should be asking yourself which candidate is going to address the issues of the disciplinary matrix. Which candidate is going to address the issues of the Civilian Complaint Review Board. Which candidate is going to address the issues of the body-worn camera oversight. Which candidate is going to protect you from this over-abusive Civilian Complaint Review Board when it comes to business cards and charging the police officers with abuse of authority. That's what we want for the unions. That We want the unions to stand up for the cops. The cops need to ask questions. They are supposed to serve you. You are not supposed to serve them. And now when it comes to Corey Grable, again, I, I, I give him cur uh, courage and he showed bravery that he came on this podcast to present his platform. That's what we should expect from our candidates that are going to be in charge of the largest benevolent association. Now, I'm not endorsing anyone. That's why at this point, we provided a platform for Pat Hendry. Pat Hendry was invited on this podcast via email to come on this podcast. The same set of questions that Corey Grable had. He's aware he will get the exact same questions. He will be treated with professionalism and respect and have an opportunity to provide his platform. But the question to me, and this is quite peculiar, and the cops should be asking at this point, is why have we not received a response yet? Pat Hendry, which right now his campaign is Team Hendry. His team is composed and comprised of the entire, almost the entire administration mimics and mirrors who was serving under Pat Lynch, except for John, John Puglisi's divine vice president. The delegates, the trustees, the directors of this organization, it's the same exact template that you get with Pat Lynch, except for Pat Hendry. Okay, you should be asking questions, and they should come on the platform and present to you how they're going to provide you a service as they did being members under Pat Lynch's, Pat Lynch's administration and how they're going to evolve with changes to address your issues going forward. And these issues have not been addressed. And that's why I said Pat Lynch, he stepped down. He did show great leadership. However, it was very singular. And it was one-dimensional. It was focused on contracts and his other issues. And now we're seeing the civil line that there's some issues here that are buried when it comes to the MLC contract. This stuff should be presented to you when you vote on your ballot, yes or no. It should be very descriptive. There should be a lot of information for you to read through the fine print and for you to make your decision. That's what John and I are saying. We're not telling you to vote yes and telling you to vote no. But what we're saying is you need to read through the fine print and ask yourself, does it work for you? This contract may be conducive for some cops, and it may not. Let the majority rule, but you should have that opportunity to read that fine print. And I, again, I expect Pat Hendry to come on this podcast. If he does not, I'm completely disappointed. And the cops should be asking themselves, why? Why would he avoid an opportunity to speak to the public, 
to give his vision, his vision of his PBA and how he's going to serve the the public and how he's going to serve his cops going forward. It's about transparency. You want to be transparent, then you should be transparent. I'm going to tell you right now, because I know you're listening to this, Pat. (laughs) Open your fucking comments on your Instagram, because you look weak. You look soft. Whatever trolls are going to come on and troll your (laughs) My stuff's open. I don't block any of you guys. You guys all attack me with these zero user accounts. Come at me. Try to knock Eric's credibility, my credibility. Talk about all this bullshit. Obviously, I don't give a fuck. Eric doesn't give a fuck because we're, we're unswayed. We don't block any of you. We don't stop you from commenting on what we're saying. We welcome it. Not only do we welcome it, we respectfully ask you guys to come on the same way we did with Corey Grable. You don't come on this podcast. It's very, it's very, it's very obvious to me who then has the agenda and who isn't transparent and who's spreading misinformation and who wants to control information. Because I'll tell you right now. We could put you inside of every muster room in one show, right? But instead of being on one show, what are you going to do? You're going to go to every little muster room like you did to save face because you didn't tell your members about the MLC agreement and you didn't show it, which is what you should have did. It said, all right, here's the MLC agreement. Here's what it is. We're signing on to it. All the other unions signed on to it. So we didn't fucking blame you. We're not saying, oh, Pat's Pat Lynch's fault, the MLC agreement. <laughs> I'm saying that you're all, you're all, all of the police unions. I'm saying you have your own interests and the city's interests in front of your members' interests. That's been my argument, right? I'm not, it's nothing, I'm not saying that Pat Lynch personally sold you out to, for the MLC deal. I'm saying he caused you to be out of contract for so long. So now you're starving. So you're going to do it. So that's my opinion on it. And, you know, the, the, and, and just to back up on all of this, these attacks on me and then on Eric and then on the podcast with the misinformation started with the fact that the PBA snuck your union dues to Governor Kathy Holchel during the New York governor election. Now, I'm sure there were some cops that supported Governor Kathy Holchel over Lee Zeldin. I don't think it was many. Lee Zeldin, Allison Esposito, they were the law and order ticket. And everyone was well aware of it. They were against bail reform. They were going to fire Alvin Bragg on the first day. Um, I don't think anyone debates that fact that they were the law and order ticket. So someone sent me information. They sent me um, showmethemoney.org. I didn't just take that information at face value. I then looked it up. And it came up with a sum of $50,000, which I posted. Now, to save face now, of course, now they go out and they start this whole campaign. All New York is filled with Democrats. The state assembly is a super majority. The Senate, they're a super majority of Democrats. City council is a Democrat. The mayor is a Democrat. The governor is a Democrat. So we gave money to Kathy Holchel, right? Makes kind of some sense to me. But why didn't you endorse her? You didn't endorse her because you didn't want your members to find out because you're not about transparency. And because I released it and I said 50,000, they say it's 25,000. There are other people like on 7770 that said it was 2 million. I don't believe that they were right either. I I will take that word for it that it was 25,000. But my thing was never about the value. I don't give a shit if you gave a $5 or 25,000 or 50, 25,000. <laughs> 
thousand is almost the same value to me. My thing was you snuck a donation to her without letting your members be aware and you didn't endorse her. If you felt it was in the best interest of your members, you should have endorsed her. Again, not transparent, spreading misinformation, um, and then tried to cover it up with the fact that, hey, we got all these bills passed in a supermajority in an assembly and in a Senate that is all Democratic and that lefty libs. And that's true. They got all these all a bunch of bills passed. And they said the reason that they did that is so that they could the governor will put her signature on that paper. Right. That's what they said. Right. Remember those meetings where they said that. Right. So they did say that. And <laughs> what happened? Governor Kathy Holchel wins the election. And she vetoes the bill. She vetoes all the bills for first responders. I think I think the PBA had three bills, if I'm not mistaken. I was just going to say it wasn't the bill. It was several bills. It was anything involving first responders whatsoever. Police, fire, EMS. It was everything down the line. She vetoes everything, even though these unions all snuck her money. Most of them endorsed her. PBA didn't endorse her. They just gave her money. And they said, yeah. oh, no, we got to play both sides of the coin. But they didn't give Lee Zelda money. They only gave her money. Right. So that was one. So they get caught out there with their pants down and then she vetoes the bills. And then I put that out because, again, I'm out here advocating for the people who were fired over the vaccine mandate, their members, the SBA members, the LBA members. Again, the CEA members, I don't I think you guys all got snipped. I don't know. Maybe maybe the, those diversity, equity, inclusion classes got really got to you. You're going transgender now. I don't know. You went real woke. But whatever happens there. You know, whatever happens there, I'm, I, you know, I'm advocating for the members. I actually get to a point where I actually make contact with with a guy in Washington, D.C., who's friends with a firm to get people free representation. I asked the unions to just basically help me get this information out so that I get the members that are looking for free Article 78 representation. And they refuse to do that because they're not transparent, because they're not out for your interest, because they're full of shit. So, Eric, 770 happens the other day. <laughs> um, I personally think they're a bunch of I bought fake conservatives. I think they're about as conservative as Pat Lynch is. I think they're liberal Democrats. They like to play the oh I'm pro cop and uh, I support common sense, but they're hanging out with the Cuomos. They're hanging out with Kathy Holchel. They're doing all these. They're hanging out with Eric Adams. They love them. So whatever that dude's name is, Sid uh, Rosenberg, who loves Eric Adams. So he's a conservative, but he loves Eric Adams. Um, cause he's a good dresser, you know, he's a good dresser. Um, <laughs> yeah, fire, he comes out on the air and says, Pat Lynch is taking a job with governor Kathy Holcher. Did I text anybody at 770? Am I friends with anyone? You know me for a while now. Am I friends with anyone at 770 at all? No, not at all. I know the, imp the impression and the perception is that you actually send that text and it's far from the truth. You and I were both surprised by it and the information was actually sent to us. There was no text. There's no collusion between you and I or yourself with Sid Rose. Absolutely not. So let's just totally debunk that right now at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on that, that Sid Rosenberg put that out? Well, he did say he said it came from a credible source. So he said that it was it was it, and it in the manner that he received the text and the way that he responded on that particular show, I believe this was all immediate. He got the text and I believed at that point he said this is legit. 
Whoever this came from, this was definitely credible sauce. I believe in his voice, the way that he, the way that he said it, and he carried it out immediately. He looked at the text. You felt it in that show that this was all natural. It just happened. So it was definitely credible sauce. I believe there's some truth to it. Well, my perception is this: if Pat Lynch is going to get a job with Governor Holchel, I think that the somehow maybe Pat Lynch is getting a job for some underling or there's some type of nexus. And I'm, I could, I, I'm already assuming the PBA might, their stance might say, well, you know what? Pat Lynch is not working directly for Governor Holchel. She's working with someone that has some affiliation. And that will be their out. They're very good at trickery. They're very good at deception. So that's my opinion at this point. But I do believe, based on that show, I do believe it was a credible source at this point. If they debunk it, so be it. But I do think it would it'd be a complete insult, and, and it, it's just repulsive, the idea of it, to every cop. It's ironic with that being said. Again, Team Hendry right now, Pat Hendry, who's running to take Pat Lynch's place as the PBA president. The entire administration is the same blanket as Pat Lynch with a different face as, as Pat Henry. It's funny that they're both, both named Pat. Uh, but with that being said, I... I I just think it, it, it's a complete disgrace. I even saw that the team had some type of commercial. They were at some type of event, and they, you know they, they're they're campaigning for Team Hendry. And there's one one person at this PBA meeting that has a shirt, ironically, that says, "I'd rather I'd rather be American and 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 then vote Democrat." So even they're wearing T-shirts that show opposition to Democrats because in most cases the Democrats, especially Governor Holchel, are not favorable to to the cops. And they're not sponsoring any bills for the police officers. For them to send any money is a complete disgrace. I don't care if they spent $5. There shouldn't have been any, contrib any contribution. There shouldn't have been any funding. There shouldn't be any assistance because they completely... We have no friends in Albany right now. And they should have took that stand. Hey, we don't have any friends right now, so we can't befriend you also. So, and unfortunately, again, I said it on the last podcast. I said it when we spoke to Marianne. And I really believe this, John, honestly. I really do think, and I want the cops to listen to this. I'm not insulting you, but I think the cops suffer from the Stockholm Syndrome. Pat Lynch could walk into a bank, rob every one of these cops, walk out the door, and then say, you know what? He had to do it. He had to give Holchel the money because he had to buy us a contract. If you believe he had to buy a contract, then you are people. You have to ask yourself, how do we not have a contract for six years? Miraculously, the contract, the, the contract is administered, and he's out the door. This is the time for you to ask questions. That's what we're doing. We're asking questions. And you know what we get asked a lot, John? You know I'm right. And I want you to answer on this, John, because you got this question first. And the question is this. We get told all the time, you guys are former lieutenants. You're retired. You're not even part of the PBA. Why do you care? So you know what, John? Tell them why we care. Because I know you got that question first. Yeah, because I was there. I know exactly what it feels like to be left out in the cold. Eric knows exactly what it feels like. Nah, don't worry about it, kid. You got this. Yeah, nothing you could do. You know, it's politics. Yeah, nothing you could do. You know, meanwhile, they got the largest, they got one of the largest podiums in the city, right? <laughs> Not anymore because they completely discredited themselves in the last few days. Uh, but they had one of the largest podiums. They were well-respected. Not anymore. Um, I mean, you're attacking two guys who overwhelmingly support the mission of the men and women in the police department. And yet we hear from them 
you know, we hear from them. Their job isn't to worry about the strategies of policing. That's for the police commissioner and that's for the chiefs. Their job is to worry about your salaries, your health benefits and your safety. And I just got to ask everybody right now. 23 years. Are any of those true? Is your salary better? Is your health benefits better? Are you more safe today than you were 23 years ago? Absolutely not, you aren't. Is Pat Lynch to, to, to fault for all that? Absolutely not. And all the other unions, like the SBA and the LBA, that say, well, we're not going to sell out the unborn. We're not taking that strategy. I don't know what they would do because they're not in Pat Lynch's spot where they have the opportunity to do it. So, I mean, from everything they exhibited, from me, they have no moral spine or courage or anything else. They'll fucking throw everybody under the bus because it's always about me, a number one. Why do I care? Why does Eric care? Because we do. Why don't they care? And, and just to go back on the, on the whole chill thing, one thing, just so everybody knows, I actually received that information from a credible source two days prior to Sid talking about it. I didn't put it out. Because I said, you know what? We'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. And it was a Democrat that told me, by the way. And it was a Democrat. And I still didn't put it out because I said, you know what? Let's just see what happens. I don't know. Is it true? I don't, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true. But you know what? You know what could really confirmed it for me? When it, after I tweeted about that and I put it out and I sent it on my Instagram, the email that came out, you didn't hear he would never go work for Governor Kathy Holchel. You didn't hear that he would never go work for a leftist who works against. Like he first, first of all, he can't say it because he snuck money to her, right? And then she vetoed the bills, and he still didn't highlight. No, what did he say? I didn't accept the job yet. Palin didn't accept it. Of course, he didn't accept the job yet. He's still on. He's not leaving till July first. So my thing is, in six months, what are you gonna do? And I get it. Listen, it sucks to hear the negatives about things. Everybody wants to be happy about the contract. Everybody wants to feel good about that they were forced to take a vaccine, stick something in their body that violated all their contracts and was illegal. And their whole fucking department and the whole world turned their back on you, including the people that are supposed to support you. Everybody wants to feel good about these things, right? I want to feel good now that I was forced out of my career and everyone fucking turned their back on me. I want to feel good about it. But you know what? It, it, it's a lie. So I, I, it, to me, the way I deal with things is I talk them out. Transparent. Pat Henry. If you're transparent, you're going to come on the show. And I'm mm. sick of fucking hearing from all of you guys that this isn't a legit platform. We're going to go on Fox. We're going to go on New York One. We don't need to go on no little podcast. You know why? Because this little podcast, right, gets downloaded thousands of times by all your members. And the <laughs> law police union in the country has done nothing, nothing but spread misinformation and change, try to, because it doesn't align with their agenda for everything that this show comes out with. It's not for the police union to talk about police strategy. Are you fucking kidding me? That has nothing to do with your safety. You've been out of contract for six years and it's not their fault. When they had those same numbers three years ago, four years ago, are you kidding me? Like, is this even legit? Pat Hendry, 
open up your comments, respond to our email, because we're probably the only fucking people that even emailed you, your, your campaign email. I mean, so let's get that straight. The only thing I'll buy is that that email doesn't even work because you know nobody was going to email you. But, you know, we sent you a nice email. We put our phone numbers on it. I haven't got a phone call. Eric hasn't got a phone call. We haven't got an email back yet. You know, we're, we're told that this platform's not legitimate yet. You're putting out emails about us. You're saying we have an agenda. We're spreading misinformation. With nothing but respectful, same questions Corey Grable got. Open the platform to everyone on, on, on this thing. And it's not a personal attack on you, Pat. This had everything to do with the former, well, the continued president of it. I know you're in his camp. But it is what it is. This is these are things that I need to answer for. We're not, there's no sneak attacks here. You're getting the same, you're getting the same questions as Corey Grable. If you don't, I'll keep calling out that you're a fucking coward with your comments shut down and you're afraid to come on this podcast because you're not transparent and you're full of shit. And that's going to be my message going forward because that's the only thing I could be left with to think. Change, change my mind. I'm glad you said that. And with that being said, this is what should be said right now. If there is any podcast that Pat Henry is going to speak on behalf to speak about his platform, it should be this. It should be this podcast. It should be New York's finest retired unfiltered podcast. Why? Because we created a platform. We created the framework where you could actually be expressive, unfiltered, and actually give the legitimate truth about your campaign of how you're going to move forward. This is an opportunity where you could actually speak and between the lines, and you don't have to play politics, and you don't have to placate to a specific party and, you, and, and worry about bosses. This is an opportunity. The cops right now, they're watching. They're paying attention. John and I are constantly in co uh, contact with cops every day, whether it's via social media, it's on the phone, it's by text, constantly. We have been the voice from these for the cops from outside within. We're giving them support. Some of these cops feel emboldened right now. They feel supported. They've been given some strength. Some of them feel reborn at this time because they they can't speak out. Again, I, I, I say when you're on the job and you have to stay quiet and sit idle, it can deteriorate your mental health because you want to speak out. You want to be expressive about what's going on because everyone's being affected by it. So we're speaking on behalf of the cops that are serving right now in support of them. That's what we expect from you, Pat Hendry. You have an opportunity. This is the podcast that you need to come on to give us your framework. Here is an opportunity. Corey Grable got the same questions that you're going to get. You're already prepared. I want to hear personally myself, and I know John wants to hear it, because the disciplinary matrix is a new doctrine, and it changes the game completely for the job. I want to know how you're going to fight that. Are you going to look to seek out, seek out to modify it, revamp it? Are you going to fight to have this thing completely removed? What is your stance on the civilian complaint review board? What are you going to be? What are you going to di do different at this point, other than focus on contracts to protect cops from the civilian complaint review board? Because in order for these cops to have a great trajectory of their career, to move on as police officers, to go to detective route, and to enhance their careers, unless they're Richard Shea and they're related to the predecessor of, of the commissioner, then there's no chance for them. And that's something that you should want for your members. You're the Benevolent Association. So you're supposed to be serving in their best interest. And their best interests are not just what's in their pocket. It's how they feel. It's about the camaraderie. Camaraderie, it's about their morale. This is the platform that you need to speak on. We are fighting for the cops. You see the change. Everyone knows it. I'm not trying to brag right now, but everyone knows it. 
We may not have 1 million followers, but we have a hell of a reach right now. And everyone knows that what we're saying is the truth. So if you don't come on this podcast, it's because you're afraid to answer real questions. You're afraid to provide the truth. You might be able to go out there and manipulate other other viewers and TV news channels that don't have the same magnitude and vast knowledge of police work that we do. And if you say that we don't know what we're talking about, then come on this podcast and tell us that we're, we're giving you bullshit and debunk what we're saying. I'm giving you an opportunity right now. Put out a clip of something that we said that's bullshit. You can't because our boots are on the ground. We are the experts, and you know it. So you need to come on this podcast. And I'm telling the public right now, we left Team Hendry a very professional email. And everyone knows when we have someone on this, someone on this podcast, they get treated with professionalism and respect. Jose LaSalle, which was an adversary to the, for myself and for the police department, was on this podcast. He was treated with extreme professionalism and respect. Opposition beats opportunity. So, Pat Hendry, if you feel we are the opposition, hate the opportunity. Give us your platform. Give us the framework. Tell these cops how you're going to serve them, not just in their pockets. Because money is short-sighted. Money comes in your hands and it goes out your hands. But the way they feel is going to be something that remember forever. I used to tell my cops this, and I really believe this. I'll never forget when I was in Iraq. I had this captain who said to me in a Marine Corps, he said, kid, when this is all said and done, all you're going to have is stories. So do everything you can now. What are going to be your stories? So that's the same thing. One day, 30 years from now, when the police department is a distant memory and retirement for most of us is at that point, we, we talk to our grandkids, all we're going to have is stories. So you know what, Pat Hendry? What are going to be your stories? Tell the story now. Yeah, and just for all the cops out there, the ones that know me, and you went out to the roll calls yesterday and you were spreading bullshit about me, I mean, whatever. No, I know you wouldn't do that if I was still on. Not because I would do anything to you, but because I would confront you and ask you to explain yourself to me and have a conversation on why you feel the way you feel. And you wouldn't be able to answer that. So... I'm disappointed in all of you. The guys that don't know me, I really don't care what you got to say about me. It's fine. You can say whatever you like. It is what it is. I mean, this is this is who we are. You know, I mean, it's not a big deal. You don't know me. It's your opinion. You're more than welcome to it. Um, but it's very easy to sit at a platform and get up in front of people and talk. It's very easy to draft an email and be strong in the email and send the email out. It's very easy to be an asshole supervisor and yell down at everybody. But what's hard to do is sit there and actually make people understand what you're saying. Have a conversation with people. And the people that tend not to want to do that are either full of shit or they don't know what they're talking about. You know, I've encountered, I've had, I've worked with some of the best guys. I had some great bosses my whole time in the police department. Even the guys that most would say were assholes. I always appreciate it. You know, um, I had, a, I had, I just got an opportunity to work with some great guys and the, the guys, the, the leaders, the managers that I didn't <laughs> were the guys that were, see this kid, you see this, that's why kid, I never, I have no respect for you. Right. You, Cause I'm, I'm asking you something. If I'm, I, I'm not a combative, I'm not, well, I won't say I'm not combative, but I'm not a disrespectful person. I'm not disrespectful. If I'm asking a question, it's because I don't understand it. And that's a lot of time with the men and women. 
on this job. So when you're just being talked at and you just want to talk down to people, it's because you don't understand it or you got something to hide. You know, what me and Eric are doing is really saying, and anyone that listens to this podcast says the same shit. We're just saying the stuff that everybody's thinking, but nobody wants to say it. It's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's the shit that goes on in all our heads. And again, we're using it as our therapy. And I know it's therapy for other people because we get so much messages from all you guys. And I appreciate it. And it really drives, I think, both of us to keep doing this and do this platform. Really, for all the hate and all the bullshit we get for doing it for no money. And we even get hate from the guys that we're doing it for. Um, no, I think I think we, we understand how this is helping a lot of people because we're able to think out the things that we're doing, right? A lot of our questions aren't even questions I had. They're questions that people asked us to ask, right? And 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 that's what we do. And that's the, the platform that we provided. So, to, you know, and not only are we not Fox News and we're not New York One and we're not all these other things, we'll actually give you two hours instead of two seconds and two questions. We'll give you as much time as you need to get your message across. Um, and we're sitting here. We're transparent. You know, if anybody's got an agenda, it's the people that are unwilling to have a conversation, in my opinion. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's just it, 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 it really is. It's really exposing a lot of things. It really is, you know, and, and again, and, and keeping your comments shut off isn't saving you from anything, because I'll just let you know if I wanted to say something. I'll screenshot your thing. I'll throw it out on Twitter. I'll, I'll throw it out on Instagram. I'll talk right over it. You're not stopping anybody by keeping your comments shut down. It looks weak. It's a position of weakness. I'm just letting you know. It's interesting what you say. And, and you, you're bringing me back. It's, it's, it's a complete memory. Leadership was always so important to me. I always wanted to be an effective the best leader that I can be. Why? Because it's beneficial to the men and women. I read so many books about leadership. I took pride. Colin Powell's, that was one of the best leadership books I've ever read. But with that being said, one thing I learned about leadership is I, I would I noticed exactly what you said. The sergeants that would point to their stripes, those that had the mentality, well, do it because I said so. And what I realized, what I learned all the time is that the reason why they would say these things, because I would analyze these people, and I was very critical to see why they would, when someone would question something, and they were still being respectful. You know, if if, if, a, if a cop had received a direct order from a supervisor, it's a lawful order, but they questioned for transparency purposes, which is what we're doing. Well, why am I doing this? So they have a better understanding. So they have clarity in their assignment. And I would notice that the ones that, that would do that it was either incompetence or laziness. So that brings me to this question, Pat Hendry, Team Hendry. You're the you're in a leadership position right now. Even though you're a police officer, you're going to be a leader if you get elected amongst the largest benevolent association, the New York City PBA. So you have to exhibit those characteristics and those traits. So I hope for you at this point, that it's not laziness and it's not incompetence. But it, it does make me question that if you fear or you coward or back away or you avoid questions, that leads me to believe that while it's definitely not laziness because we know you're trucking around and you're going roll call to roll call, you are doing the legwork, which I, I, don't, I don't think that's effective because 
Affleck, all kinds of insurance companies, they go to roll calls too. But they're not running for a campaign. You need to ask questions. You need to answer questions, and you have an opportunity to ask questions as well. If you don't answer questions, that leads me to believe that it's a matter of incompetence. It's one or the other. So which one is it going to be? Prove me wrong. I'm on this podcast. Answer the same questions that were provided to Corey Grable and give the police officers an opportunity to have a, a moment of clarity where they can actually vote. They have an opportunity to listen to both parties. Listen, it's a nice gesture. You guys go around to, to roll calls and you talk to the cops and you hand them bottle openers and coins. Honestly, that's great. But the cops, they don't need that shit. Honestly, they can go to the store, they go to the Dollar Tree, they can buy a, a, a bottle opener, a challenge coin. They can trade them amongst each other. What they need is your platform, your framework. So your two minutes going precinct to precinct is not subsidizing and it's not fitting the role of what they need to know who's the effective leader. Let them have an opportunity to vote. Legitimately, if you really care about the people, if you're the man for the job, let them hear you out. If you're not, well, run for it and fight for it. Show them that you're going to fight for them. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. So while we're on the topic of leadership, I think that <laughs> it's a good segue in something I've been thinking about. So we had 10 FDNY chiefs voluntarily demote themselves. Voluntarily say, basically, it's the equivalent of New York City Police Department chief saying, fuck you, put me down to captain. I'm done listening to your bullshit. Put me back to my rank. They still make the same money. They'll continue their same salary, but they'll be in the captain rank, which is still a pretty nice gig in the New York City Police Department, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, me and Eric did a couple of tweets about it today. And uh, Eric, what would you say today specifically? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, we got on the topic. And we were talking about all the misinformation that has been generated by the PBA at this point and the attack that's been on us. And I said, it's interesting, right? Because the, sometimes we've heard misinformation from the job. And there was a point in time where Pat Lynch would call out and try to debunk misinformation. And that's what we're doing. We're, it's not personal, but we're debunking information. And clearly, that's where I said to you. I said, John, remember, I, I have a bone to pick. Honestly, I think former... Former Chief Terrence Monaghan is a piece of shit. And I don't like saying about that about people, but he is. Because that man willingly, knowingly, with the diaphragm law that was sponsored by the New York City Council, that the, the overzealous civilian complaint review board was foaming at the mouth, waiting to weaponize this diaphragm law against the cops, that this chief, a man of power, knowingly put his cops order them to be in harm's way and we're not talking about harm's way of police work because that's normal that's every day and that's understood when you take this job but knowing that you could be fired or arrested because of the diaphragm law and he had the audacity to say if you're afraid of this then you shouldn't be doing this job you got to go out there and do the job anyway even with the diaphragm law shame on you for doing that that was the opportunity for him to stand up and say, no way. My people cannot go out there and do this job until this is fixed. And if the city suffers for it, I'm sorry. But it's not me that put put my people in this position. It's the city council. 
But no. And that's the same man that went and surrendered and took a knee. So shame on him. He's a piece of shit. He loves to talk tough. You're a phony tough guy. Honestly, fake. You put everyone in harm's way. And that's why I asked this question. I posed this question. Would you, someone listen to this right now, would you work for an organization that knowingly ordered you to perform a job knowing that you can either be fired or arrested for doing that job? Would you work for that organization? What organization in this world, other than the police department, does as such? What are your thoughts, John? Yeah, so I said that's how this whole conversation came up. I forgot. So you said that. Would you work for an organization? Would you work for an organization that is sending you out to go do your job? And by doing your job, you can be fired or arrested for doing what you're asked to do, what you're trained to do. Would any organization do that to their employees? First off, I don't know of any other than the New York City Police Department, right? Would any leader do that to their people? I mean, we're seeing that over and over again. So when I, I retweeted what you said, and I said there were 10 FDNY chiefs that voluntarily demoted themselves, but you'll never see that in the New York City Police Department. And I said, you know why you won't see that in the New York City Police Department? Because those chiefs in the FDNY, they're saying, I don't give a shit. I love doing my job. I love fighting fires. Throw me on the fire truck. Put me back in the firehouse. I don't care. Whatever job that needs to be done. Throw me anywhere in the city. I don't care. I love being a fireman. I want to be a fireman. I want to do my job. I want to do what I'm paid to do. But you know why you don't see that from the New York City Police Department? You know why those chiefs would never stand in moral integrity and take a stand? And they don't even talk in retirement, but wow, that's another issue. But you know why they'll never take a stand and you'll never see anyone demote themselves? Because they know they cannot do the job you do. They know that the job you do is not a viable profession anymore. They sold you the fuck out. And you know what? And it's got something else to say. Everybody's knocking Corey Grable. I got to give Corey Grable props because I got to tell you, it's fucking took a, it took a pair of balls for him to run against Pat Lynch. There's a ton of other trustees that might be better suited than Corey Grable to run against Pat Lynch. But none of them did it. You know why? Because if they lose... Pat Lynch is going to pull their excusals. And what's going to happen if your excusals go? There's a ton of trustees that think Pat Lynch is a piece of shit. There's a ton of guys in the union that think Pat Lynch is a piece of shit. I don't know Pat like that, so I don't really know. I know he's a fucking politician, and I know he's feeding you bird feed, and you're all fucking biting on it, especially the delegates. But I know a lot of you guys, and I talked to a lot of you guys, and you know why none of you ran? Because he's going to pull you fucking appearances and what does that mean you're gonna have to go do the job that everybody else is doing and you yourself very fucking scary thing because this job is very scary at this point nobody wants to do it everybody's afraid of it the guy that's supposedly representing you could never do your job you can't sit in that car with you the guy who's your leader couldn't sit in that car with you and it, it really tells a lot about where this fucking profession's headed and how me and Eric have made the claim a thousand times that there is no leadership anymore on this job. I can't think of a better explanation of why there isn't. You know, John, when we spoke about that today, you asked me the question and you said, 
And we spoke about it. You said, listen, 10 FDNY chiefs stepped down because they don't want to listen to the bullshit. And they're fine with they're fine with it. And you said, do you know why that is? And I knew it right away. I said, why? Because they're willing to do the job. The difference with the NYPD, they know they can't do the job. They know. Chief Monaghan knows good, good damn well that if he was to step down and say, you know what? If my men can't do the job, then you know what? Then put me in a precinct. And I'll go out and do the job with them. But he wouldn't do it because he knows he'd be targeted by CCRB. Because he's a white alpha male. He'll be targeted by CCRB. He'll be targeted by the Standard Assessment Bureau. He'll be targeted by risk management. He'll be facing public legislation. He'll have to carry business cards. And guess what? He's going to have to wear a body-worn camera. And this is an issue. I, this is a problem I have. Again, I always talk about the Marine Corps. Why do I talk about the Marine Corps? Because it left the best perception in my mind of leadership. And it was exemplary of what we expect in an organization. When I was in the Marine Corps, and every Marine that's watching this, listen to this, they remember this. When you would go to chow, and that's what they call in the Marine Corps, when you, go, when you would go to eat together. If you were at a training exercise, whatever the case is, or you were actually working in the field, and you would go, they would go to eat, whether it was lunch, dinner, they would call it chow. And the lowest rank would always eat first, and the leaders would eat last. And that is exemplary. And not only that, what I always respected about the Marine Corps, from general all the way down to private, they were all proud to be called Marine. There was no segregation. A general would not mind if you called him or her Marine. But in the NYPD, they want to make sure that you call them chief. There's a complete separation. Because in the NYPD, rank is a layer of protection. What I know about the Marine Corps that, that I did not see in the NYPD. In the Marine Corps, if a private ha would have to wear a body-worn camera, I would put my money that the general would step and say, you know what? If my men have to wear body-worn cameras, I will wear one too because they set the example. So Chief Monaghan and all these executives right now, why are you not wearing body-worn cameras? If the cop with the boots on the ground that you administer lawful orders you send them out there to do broken windows when they're not prepared to do it. Why don't you have a body-worn camera? When you're wearing uniform of the day, you want to show that you're representing your men and women? Put on a body-worn camera. And if that's not what the procedure is at this point, get one and put one on anyway. That's how you represent, and that's how you fight for your men and women. You set the example. Don't ask them to do something you're not willing to do. And Chief Monaghan, shame on you. You ask the men and women... You screamed at another chief at Comstat because she actually tried to fight for her men and women, but you said no. They should go out there and do the job, even if they'll get arrested and or fired. You wanted to pretend it didn't exist, and or you said that the district attorney wouldn't arrest them. How do we know that? You're willing to take that chance? Were you willing to bet your house on it? I don't believe it. Shame on you. Again, you asked your people to do something that you wouldn't do, that it does not exhibit a leadership. You don't deserve the term leader. You don't even deserve the term former chief. I think that should be stripped from your service record. You took a knee, and that's how you're going to be remembered. That's how I remember you. And I hope you're watching this. You insulted every man and woman that ever wore this uniform. You talked two sides of your mouth. I hope you should come on this podcast and apologize to the men and women and explain yourself. Another thing he should apologize about is the quota thing. He comes out, and I, I wish I had the video. If anybody has that video, please send it to me because I want to put it out. 
the video is Chief Monahan when he was the chief of the department telling you that if your supervisor pushes numbers on you, summonses or arrests or 250s to call IAB on them and they will be fired. At the same time, he's pressuring the CEOs to get numbers from you. So those same supervisors with, you know, again, I said right then and there, I'm not, I'm not ever asking anyone for a fucking thing ever again. I was the first guy that said, you need to do your job. You need to do your job. I think some of you guys need a quota. Some of you guys suck. Some of you guys won't piss on somebody on fire. And I think you need a quota. I do. I think you need to go out and do your job. Because if you tell me you could drive around and not see arrests, I don't fucking believe it. I don't believe it. I see arrests here in Florida. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not even around anybody. I live, there's not even a lot of people here. You know, it's fucking, you know, and, and I see arrests all day long. Um, and then even when I come back to New York, forget about it. It's an overload. Boom, 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 boom. I understand not being proactive at this point. But at the time when I did it, some of you guys needed a quota. The minute Chief Monahan said, oh, we're going to arrest supervisors. We're going to fire them. I said, don't ever ask me to ask anybody for anything or tell me what they need. I'm not getting in the car. I'm not doing team-led fucking supervision. I didn't, I didn't become a supervisor to show someone how to write a summons or make an arrest. I'll call you over the scene when there's arrests. You're taking the collar. And some of you deserve it. I mean, a lot of you deserve it. I, I see the numbers now. They're fucking pathetic. Um, and, you know, it's 911 call. You got to do your job. 911 call, you're there. I'm not saying go toss cars anymore. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But he said that fucking supervisors should be fired if they ask you to go get numbers. That's what he said. Supervisors should be fired at the same time he was telling their CEOs to pressure supervisors to ask you for numbers. Now, those CEOs, now everyone that did that at that point and was still doing that and pushing it, I'm sorry, you're spineless. You're spineless. I'm sorry. I wasn't doing it. I was like, I'm not doing it. Fuck that. It's, it's illegal. I'm not getting fired, right? It's illegal. It's illegal, supposedly. You know, Chief Marino, say what you want about the guy. He definitely fucked up with the, uh, with the schoolcraft thing. But at least he had balls, bro. He testified. He said, yeah, what are we going to do? Just pay people to put a uniform? He's like, yeah, there's a fucking quota. He testified to it. I think the, I think, I think everyone almost shit themselves. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, there's a fucking quota. What are you going to just pay people to wear a uniform and waste gas? Some of these guys need a fucking quota. And he was 100% right. And I was like, yeah, you know what? He's fucking, I don't, I don't think he's wrong. You know, like He was, he was probably all juiced up on steroids when he said that. Uh, maybe. You know, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, it's not leadership. And, you know, what about the Madry thing? That, that's another example. And, and again, I already said I wouldn't call the guy. I wouldn't have called that retired guy. I already said I don't even think it was a caller. I think there was a small case of probable cause. You could go that route. But once that, that sergeant made that decision, and I'm not knocking that he made the decision because he might have more information than that article put out that I don't have or Eric doesn't have. I think Eric agreed with me, too. I think he said he wouldn't have arrested the guy, too. But once that decision was made, I wouldn't have interfered. I would have made sure the guy was treated good and all that stuff, but I wouldn't have interfered. I wouldn't have avoided the arrest and did all that. Um, so CCRP said he abused his authority, Eric, but... But you oh. think you just got one charge if it was you? That's exactly what we were talking about last. That's exactly what we were talking about last night. I said, I believe at this point, honestly, I think what Chief Madry did was pretty cool. Listen, that was his buddy. He stepped in and tried to help the guy out. I think it's cool. Showed humanity. However, would he have done that for me? Would he have done it for you? The answer is absolutely not. It would be very selective for people that he knows. 
the same token, that's why, it, it, listen, it should be a blanket operation. You're either going to step in and do that for everybody, or you're not going to do it all. You know, this is not a time to show nepotism. Everyone's watching. You're being critiqued. I think he should have stayed completely out of it. I don't think this, this guy should have been arrested at all. I think this, like, like I said, there was a lot of ambiguity to it. I think internal affairs, if they wanted to, they could investigate, even though, even though he was a former police officer. He's not, uh, he's not attached to the NYPD anymore, so internal affairs doesn't have to. But it wasn't imminent. It could have had it. We could have had a follow-up investigation. It was not imminent, uh, imminent for an arrest. But what I do know is, at this point, it's very questionable. And I talk about the disciplinary matrix. So I'd like some of our viewers to go back to our podcast. I'm not sure which episode number it is. But our episode where John and I explore the disciplinary matrix. It's very important that you listen to this. Why? In the disciplinary matrix, John, you and I uncovered, there is a charge in there that says, abusing your authority for the purposes of discretion. So I don't remember, the, in some substance, the actual wording. But basically, and you and I, remember we were talking about, specifically you even said yourself, what does this mean? And I think this is one of those things where, where they're referring to. So he abused his authority as a chief so that discretion was provided. He was actually able to void out this arrest. Now, if that was me or you that made that call, it's my opinion, that's the charge you and I would be facing. And you know what the aggravating factor is for that? Termination. Now, believe me, I don't want anyone to get fired. That's the last thing I want. But it just highlights the hypocrisy. If that was John and I, and we don't have a network, and we're two alpha white males right now, and it's all about the diversity, equity, inclusion, and diversity push, that would be an opportunity for us to be terminated. And that would be weaponized against us from the Civilian Complaint Review Board. So at this point, I believe that this is a show. There's collusion with the Civilian Complaint Review Board and the New York City Police Department. I believe... All the newsworthy, uh, newsworthy appearance that this case has gotten. It was in the papers. A lot of people are looking at this. It's a complete show. I said, listen, the Civilian Complaint Review Board is going to give him a little smack. He's getting the, the command discipline charge in the disciplinary matrix. He'll lose 10 days. I mean, for 10 days, the Chief Madry is probably a, a sneeze. It's probably nothing. And it looks great on paper. I've, it's highly unlikely that the Civilian Complaint Review Board would go after anyone and give one charge. Because the Civilian Complaint Review Board, when you have a case, will give you 100 charges so that something will stick. They'll throw everything at you just so something sticks. So my guess with this is total collusion. What do you think? No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, like I said, there should be multiple charges. Why wasn't that charge added? Uh, and again... I really got nothing personal with, with Chief Magic. I, actually, I think he's a I think he's a decent guy. I think his Me career too. is a fucking mess. I think I think he would have been done with that whole incident with the girl when she pulled the fire on at him. He told the cops to get the fuck out of here. He was white as God. And I already said that. I said that a million fucking times. Um, you know, and and do I think that that's fair or that's warranted? I don't know. I think he's a good guy. I think he, I think he I think he's done good for the men and women i do and i think a lot of people like him i think i think most people like him um he is adam's guy though i mean that's clear as day you know it's clear as day they have a personal friendship um but again how are you being held to a different standard than the men and women how is your standard different why are charges different for chiefs than they are for cops it just again it goes back to the point of 
nepotism, favoritism, collusion, and and really it all it all boils down to politics. It all boils down to politics again. And I just saw there's a there's a meme channel, CTV12 or something. They do like all these police memes. I think that's right. If it's not, I apologize. But he posted something about that CRC or CRT. It's the chief of department's critical response team. And they wear these khaki pants now. They wear these nice little slim vests. They're all wearing khaki pants. I don't like it personally. Doesn't look terrible. I just don't like that it's different from the New York City Police Department, the always. And I don't like that it separates you from other cops and, and it's creating like class structure. And you're all rookies, by from what I could tell. So that leads me to say, how the hell did you get in there? Um, if you're all rookies, right? You all look like young kids to me. I mean, I know I'm getting old now, but I'm not that old. Fucking, I see <laughs> way too many young kids in that. You know, they look like you, got, you guys look like you had a year, two years on. Your khakis are fresh. You got your nice, slim little vest on. Good, but it leads me to it leads me to question a lot of things about the nepotism in that unit, and then it leads me to ask are they held to the same standard as the other cops on patrol and from what i'm hearing you're not I'm hearing you dropping calls and commands you're getting the k number or whatever number you know depending on the borough it is um you're getting the arrest number and other people are processing your collar and doing your vouchers um i, th- I think it just leads for a real real bad blow to morale and and these are like a lot of things that are crushing the morale and this is also leading to people wanting to leave. Like, hey, I can't get to that unit. I apply for that unit. I got 200 collars. This kid has three. But his father's an inspector. Or his, or his neighbor's an inspector. Or his girlfriend's dad's an inspector. Whatever the hell it is. Or he knows Madgery somehow because he was on the boxing team. Or whatever the hell it could be. You know what I mean? All little different things. It's a blow to morale. You should have to work to get to where you got to get. Like I said, I think the khakis look good. I just think the way that you guys are getting there is not a fair route. Um, and so CTV puts up this thing about the khakis. He kind of abuses them. Said they all think they're Michael Jordan. Um, put all Michael Jordan heads on there. And Madgery comes on Instagram and says, hey, do you want me to personally deliver you an application? And I'm like, are you fucking like, <laughs> I, I still want to respond. I think I'm going to respond because I want to, I'm just going to ask him to come on the podcast see if he wants to talk about how if there's still white shirt immunity in his opinion um and if and and if there is a difference between white officers and black officers in the NYPD as far as the discipline is is concerned um so i think i'm going to ask them but i was like that was that really bothered me what do you what do you think about that Eric? what do you think about him coming on this case? you know is that is that his is, should he be concerned with that absolutely Absolutely. I mean, what, what's the connection there? What's the nexus? It, what is the form of nepotism? Listen, I just want to let it be known. I'm not picking on Chief Madry. I don't know him personally from what I've seen and what I know. I think he's actually one of the better ones, honestly. I think that he actually shows humanity. You and I had, we had showed him some gratitude. We actually gave him kudos at some community meeting. We spoke out and defended the cops. I think that he's had some hiccups in his career so he could actually relate to cops when they when they have ups and downs. So we're not we're not pointing out Chief Madry as far as his his skills as a leader or what he did is right and wrong. We're just pointing out the hypocrisy. Because I do believe that if John and I did the same thing that Chief Madry did, we'd, we'd be in a worse position. But I, I 
I'm totally against this whole idea of having different uniforms. Again, I go back to the Marine Corps. It should be complete uniformity. The Marine Corps would always be proud to not have separate patches. And some of the other branches, like the Army, they would have different patches signifying. And, and, and it, it creates a divide. There should be just one uniformity in the cops and that we don't – I think you referred to it before, saying there's different classes. We don't want to have different classes where some cops look at other cops and say, we're better than you or we have a, a better skill or – you know, we're actually in a position to to bring our work to you and dump our collars on you. That should not be the perception that we're better. Everyone has a role and everyone, you know, there's, there's a seat for every ass on the job. And everyone's an important. Uh, well, there might not be a seat for every ass on the job as we're reading all this information about robots and artificial intelligence. There might not be a seat for everyone going forward in the future. But as of now, there is a seat for every ass on the job. So beware of that also. I don't agree. Hit to bring a, an application personally. It's very questionable. Very questionable. Don't like it. What about you? That's a terrible look. I mean, what, what, one of you guys went and cried to you, and now you're going to jump on this kid. I mean, they, these guys are just venting. I mean, most of these meme pages, they're young kids. They're not bad. It's the new way of how it is. And they're just venting. And most of the shit's funny, and I'm sure everybody laughs. <laughs> You know, I you know sometimes as uh, guys getting going a little overboard because they're just being <laughs> things. Yeah, sure. I don't think that this was one of the times. I think it was pretty funny. He was just abusing them. He had old Michael Jordan heads on them. That, um, I saw that. That was hysterical, bro. That was great. Really they all think that Michael Jordan. And Do you got it? You can put it up. I don't have it. It'll take me a half hour to get it up here. Oh, that was great. Come on, it's on Instagram. You go on Instagram. Uh, CTV twelve or whatever. He's a popular mean like police meme guy you know there's a bunch of them it's all different ones uh but he's one of them it, it was i thought it was a funny meme i just thought it was insane that the chief of department's coming up asking him oh do you want me to personally like why one of you guys went and cried to you and you're jumping on instagram for him i mean I do like <laughs> that they're going back at these you know drill rap groups and these quad guys on social media i think you guys suck but so if you'd like me and eric to help you we could help you. So, you know, you could do that because these guys are destroying you online. You look like idiots. But, you know, but that's one. That's another thing. That's another story for another day. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think it's a bad – I just think it's a bad, bad look. Um, another thing I think is a bad look, what do you think about Michael Dowd being in one police plaza? <laughs> well, first of all, I think that I saw some of the memes. I saw some of the social media contact with Mike Dowd personally. I think some of these cops are just complete, complete cucks. They're saying, oh, you were a great cop. I mean, do you guys really believe that, honestly? I mean, he was a corrupt cop who got who got a police officer killed. I mean, how could you actually say good cop? You know, you were great. Do you really believe that? Uh, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, just complete abomination. These guys are cowards. I mean, they'll they'll have a conversation with anyone just to get some Twitter photos, get some likes and get some follows. Honestly, sorry, that's not a good look. He should not be at the police department. He should not have access there at all. He lost that right. He gave him up that. You just broke up totally, Eric. You know what? I'm getting a bad. It's, it's raining. You got rain by you, too? No. We're good here, but you're good now. You're good. It might, it might, it might be affected by Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> you know, internet stuff. We good now? We clear? 
You're good. You're good. You're clear. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, which part broke up here? I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, I did listen. I think the whole thing with Mike Down is just disgraceful. It really is. Total hypocrisy. Cardi B, Mike Down, just, just all these cretins of life that don't belong in the New York City Police Department. A parade out around the department, Twitter photos, and yet Sal Greco is still fighting for his life for befriending Roger Stone. Come on now. Yeah, who's not a criminal, by the way, because he has a full pardon. He has a full presidential pardon. Mike Dowd is a criminal. Multiple people, I'm sure, associated with him that day. I'm sure there's cops that associate with him on social media. I'm sure there's cops that associate with him in real life. I mean, this is not a good guy. I mean, I went back and forth with him a few times on social media. I didn't feel like doing it this time because I just don't care enough. But I just, I didn't put it out. I just, I just put it out there. I said, uh, you know, I put it out there. I said, you know, who like, how is this guy in there? He was robbing drug dealers. He got a cop killed. Worked with a drug gang that got a cop killed in seven five. I mean, I mean, this isn't somebody that should be in one police plaza. It just shows they don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Like the incompetence is at all time fucking high. It's at all time fucking high, and it's such a bad look. But I honestly, I think all the stuff that we're talking about—that's a bad look. I think it fucking pales into comparison to the two ACO. You know, saw a tweet I put out with a two ACO, and then everybody on the undercover. Of me, congressman, everybody else wanted to now jump on the two eight CEO's tweet where he thanks Alvin Bragg for his kind words and his continued support for the New York the men and women in the New York City Police Department. So I said, you know, there's a pandemic of cowardice and leadership. And for you to do like whatever I said, but that's what I said. Basically, there's a pandemic of cowardice and leadership in the NYPD. This this tweet highlights it, you know. And, you know, a no-user account comes back, says, oh, easy for you to say from the retired bench. I said, I didn't ask to be on the bench. I was forced to be on the bench. I said, but I'm not saying anything that's wrong. He does not support the men and women of the New York City Police Department. And I get the CO is in a bad spot because he's there. But however, I definitely wouldn't have invited him. I would have been respectful if he was there. I would have been cordial to him if he was there. But there is no way. I don't care who told me that I'm tweeting out this message. That tweet would not have left my command from me. Somebody would have had to override my Twitter to do it because it's, it's an abomination what happened. That was absolutely a slap in the face to everyone in the 2A precinct on the day that Philip Cardillo was murdered. On the day he was shot in Moss number seven, you have fucking Alvin Bragg in there. This city is mirroring Lindsay Sinclair in the 70s. It's a fucking mirror of the corruption, of the conclusion, of the collusion, of the hate for the police. And you're going to have this piece of shit there who's letting violent felons walk amongst us. You're going to have him there and he's fucking total, total political prosecution. And he's giving a speech like he's somebody in public safety. Thank you. Terrible, terrible. 
terrible, terrible look. Makes me question everything with that CEO. And the one user account basically said that I was full of shit and all this other shit. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's just the truth. Like I said, you, you don't have to, you, you have to be respectful. You don't have to be a dick suck and kiss all these people's asses that hate your guts and throw your fucking, your men and women in jail. You don't have to do that. But I'm sure Shepard's, I'm sure the 2ACO Shepard's going to be a chief now because he did a Twitter handle, you know. He ain't definitely going to have anything to do with his police career or his college. I know that for sure. Again, it cut, again, unfortunately, the trajectory, the path that the COs at this point take in the New York City Police Department to become a chief, they compete with each other, these COs in different precincts, not on who's getting better crime stats, who's fighting robbery patterns, who's removing illegal firearms, who's got better Twitter photos, who is virtual signaling, Who's dressing up their precinct looking better for Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Who has better flags for uh, Gay Pride Month? Who's uh, who's virtual signaling for the transgender community? That's what this is about right now. And shame on Shepard for saying what you do. What are you doing now? You're supposed to serve the community, not about serving yourself for your career. Yes, you should show, you should show Alvin Bragg respect. I do believe that. You do not have to respect the man, but you should show them respect. Jose LaSalle, again, came on this podcast, and we showed him respect, which we should. Opposition meets opportunity. Alvin Bragg is the opposition. That was an opportunity to have a, a professional discussion and talk about the issues. But to say thank you for your support, that is a joke. Shame on you. That Twitter photo will never go away. And when the opportunity arises, we will remind you that you thanked him for his support because he doesn't support you, and that's an outright lie. And that's one thing I... I I despise in life is just outright liars. That is a complete lie. Again, you should respect each other, but take the take the position that opposition beats opportunity. There's nothing wrong with you having a professional discussion. Say, you know what, Mr. Alvin Bragg, why are you taking this position? Why do you not support the police so that we can actually get bad guys off the street and keep it safe? What is your agenda? Are you afraid that if you actually ask the truth that you're going to be removed? From your position that you will not achieve. You know what? If you do ask those questions, you are and you probably won't get to cheat. But you know what? At least you can look in the mirror and you can look up at the sky and know you did the right thing. But apparently that's not what's important anymore. It's more important to put stars on your shoulder. But you know what? One day when we all go in the ground, those stars don't come with you. You're going to be remembered about your principles, not your stars. Stars are in the sky. You go on the ground. Remember that. Yeah, I actually, I just, I just heard something the other day about uh, Alexander the Great. He was when he he requested for his funeral for his funeral. He requested his casket be open, and both his hands be laid out so everybody could see his palms. And he requested that all the money that he had in his central bank line from his house all the way to where he was going to be buried, lying the whole way. And he requested, his last request was that all of the best doctors from all of the places he had conquered walk alongside his casket as his palms laid out. And, you know, nobody understood it. And they were like, why do you want this? And he goes, I want everyone to see my hands open. I want them to see my palms are empty. And all the money in the world couldn't stop me from my fate. And he goes, and I wanted everybody to see 
that all the best doctors in the world couldn't stop me from meeting my fate. And I can't take any of this stuff with me. The only thing I'm left with is what is who I was, what I did. And I was like, wow, that's legit. That is legit. Unfortunately, we have way too many guys in public safety um, who are in there not to serve the public. They are it's a self-serving position. They're in there for this, they're in there for the money. Total wrong look, total wrong people. Um and it's it's just highlighted. It's, I mean, it's highlighted. It's in the unions. It's in it's in police leadership and it's in politics. And it's a damn fucking shame. And that's why New York City's failing, in my opinion, is because we have people in positions that really shouldn't be. They they're not they're not in there for the right reasons. They're in there for personal gain, and they're using their position in the New York City Police Department to prop themselves up on a stage to get themselves money. Um, and we see it all the time, you know. I mean, we see it all the time. We have everyone huddles around and comes out and has all this big talk when a cop's injured or dead. But they're nowhere to be found when a cop's getting jammed up who did absolute nothing. These guys are nowhere to be found not saying a word. They come out in the easy times. In the easy times. A cop, and, and believe me, it's, I'm not saying that a cop's death is easy or a cop's injury is easy. But it's safe. Imagine it wasn't safe. Imagine the left was like, fuck these cops. They deserve what they get. I guarantee you those same people that are coming out with their fucking raid jackets on and clapping you, you're not going to see them anywhere. Yeah, you know, it's a tough time. Politics. We can't do that no more in this city. I guarantee it. Find this. Because look what they did during that vaccine mandate. They pretended like it wasn't fucking going on. All of Every fucking single one. Dude, all kidding aside, but I got goosebumps from what you said because I know the story about Alexander the Great, and I'm so glad that you told that story. That's an amazing story. It's so true. It really is. And you know what? History repeats itself, and we keep moving on. You leave with nothing. And, and these guys just don't understand that. Moral principles should be more important than every dollar you're going to make. Uh, I, think, I think Eric's having rain delay. He just broke up again. We just lost him again. That's it. His Elon Musk. He's got the uh, the Starlink. That thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> Eric, you there? No. But I mean, basically, he's gone. Well, I'm gonna leave it. I think I think Eric's gone. But basically, this is what we're getting at. Who really has the agenda? Think about it. Is it, is it me and Eric who make no money for doing this podcast or not running for office or not trying to win an election? Is it us or is it the guys that are fucking millionaires that are going to take jobs with people that they gave campaign donations to that are trying to win an election? Or who's the more transparent one? Eric, you totally broke up. You're back now. Um, you said you ended off on moral principle. Yes. Listen, I apologize. It's freezing up. For some reason, it's a crazy storm. And even with my Starlink, which is made by Tesla, it's going crazy. So I apologize to the viewers. I know it's probably annoying. So we should probably end it soon. But, dude, that was fantastic. We said, I got goosebumps. I'm telling you, I know the story. It's amazing. You leave with nothing. That's the bottom line. Moral principles should be more important than the money that's in your pocket. Bankrupt today, rich tomorrow. Come to ghosts. But people have to remember you for your legacy, that you stood your principles. 
be a man. That's what I got to say. John, you want to wrap it up or what? Yeah, no, and I, if, I'm just going to say what I was just saying when you were offline is basically like who really has the fucking agenda? I mean, we, we're willing to give every one of our critics, every one of our haters, our platform that we built. We're letting them come on our show and say whatever they like, talk whatever nonsense they want for all you guys to hear, and yet they still don't. So you got to really ask yourself who's, who's the agenda. I mean, I know my agenda. I know Eric's agenda. We're sitting up on, on a fucking pedestal, honestly, because we're, we're coming from the truth. We're coming from the shit that you guys are thinking and you guys are saying. Nobody else is fucking saying. And, and, you know, I'm going to fucking pat myself on the back and I'm going to pat Eric on the back because at least we had the fucking balls to do it. And there are other guys out there that have come on the show and talk and they'll go on media too and they'll help us out on social media. And I give a big shout out to them, especially the retired guys, you know, because – there's a lot of fucking retired guys that are a bunch of pussies too. Still worried about their fucking their bio. Oh, I don't know, because maybe I want to go work for the police department again. Maybe I could get 2% and go get this job, you know? And, and like I said, if me and Eric came out in retirement and we wanted to be media stars, all we have to do is follow the leftist narrative and say, oh, you guys are fucking racist and you suck. And, you know, we'll go, we'll go to every job. We'll, we'll look at every video and say, yeah, they didn't follow EDP procedure here. And they should have did this. And I guarantee you I'd have my own show. Eric would have his own show. We'd be on fucking CNN and everything else. But we're not doing that because we don't give a fuck. We're not in it for the money. But the guys that are multimillionaires that are sitting there bashing me and Eric saying, what do you give a fuck? What do two lieutenants give a fuck? When, by the way, there's a fucking retired sergeant working for them. Working directly with the MLC. I mean, Nichols is a retired sergeant. So why, why do they have a retired sergeant working with them? I've never retired guy. You know, so to say, like, why don't we, why do we care? We care because we care. And why don't we go after the SBA and the LBA? Oh, believe me, we're gonna. Oh, believe <laughs> me. <laughs> Listen, this is just started. We're going to turn up the dial. We're going to turn up the dial at this point. I can tell you right now. I got thick skin. John, I know you got thick skin. PBA, SBA, LBA, any of these unions, the job. You can come after me. You can say whatever you want about me. It just motivates me to work harder and keep coming. I don't believe in failure. I believe in steps steps to success. Thomas Edison said, you know what? He failed a thousand times to make the light bulb. He said it wasn't a thousand failures. It was a thousand steps to success. That's what's going on here. John and I are going to keep fighting. It's steps to success to be the catalyst for change. We're going to change that disciplinary matrix. We're going to change the trajectory of CCRB so that you're not a target by an overzealous leftist police anti-rhetoric sentiment that's hurting you, that's changing your career. We're going to fight for you. So the agenda that we have right now is to get a platform, make sure you're served well. How is that going to start? Pat Hendry, I expect you to come on here for the podcast. Come on this interview. Same questions as Corey Grable. We want to hear your framework. If you don't come on, it's very questionable. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll have other interactions. Again, John said it. You can't hide, and there's no reason to hide. You're out in the public. You're a public figure. You're representing. You're going to be, if possible, you may be the leader of the largest police union. So come on this podcast. We'll see you soon. What do you got, John? No, that's it, my that's it, my friend. You know, and that's what, the, and that's and the and the biggest beauty of this is, you guys aren't fucking silent anymore because we're out here saying the stuff that you're saying, and it's getting out there into the world. You're not being. The media and the public are not being fed bullshit anymore. And I think that is the overall biggest success of this podcast. So anybody that hates it, too fucking bad. 
is you're transparent. You don't want, you want to control the messaging. You want to control people. You want to control minds. You don't believe in the first amendment. And you know, you're going to play all the fucking word games, all the same shit that's been being said since 1999. I got all the, all the campaign stuff back then. It's almost the same. You guys are outdated. You fucking played. Stop coming at us like we're enemies. Just come on and speak to the men and women. They're asking for it. Me personally, I think you're boring and I don't really care. But I, the men and women are asking for it. They are asking for you to come on. We're putting out the content that we're being asked to put out. And that's what and that's what we're doing. Come on. Show who you are. I mean, you, you're an idiot if you don't. I mean, we're going to get you into every, every car. Everyone across New York City is going is gonna to hear you. Long form. Sit down. And tell who you are, who Pat Hendry is. Um, and if you don't, you're going to tell the whole world in long form who Pat Hendry is without you ever saying a word. Guys, I thank everybody for all your support. Everybody for the kind words. Everybody for the information. New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast, baby. We'll be right back at you. And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bashing us, fuck him. It's a wrap. 265 Police Live, New York's finest for trying to fill the podcast. Thank you. Sorry. I apologize. We've got some uh, light, lightning thunder here in Florida. So, but well, we made it work. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.